Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills, National Football Show. How everybody doing? Hope everyone is enjoying a football week. We're like the happy hour of sports talk. That's why you come to the National Football Show to see Big Sills here. We appreciate everybody that does every single day. By the way, I think we have a little bit of breaking news for your Philadelphia Eagles. We will talk a lot about Brady versus Belichick. You know, this notion that Bill Belichick had nothing to do with that dynasty and that Seth Wickersham book that just came out with some excerpts that Bill hated Tom. Dude, you don't have to love your coach. You just have to respect your coach. You truly like everybody that you work with? That's the dumbest thing on the planet, and it also applies in a sports team. You've got to have mutual respect, though, for everyone in your locker room. And I don't care what sport that locker room is. Today, we will catch up with our friend Jason Cole, our pro football insider from Fansided, also a Hall of Fame voter. We'll go around the NFL with him. We are going to do our best today to try to catch up with Howard Eskin from WIP in Philadelphia. So we hope to catch Howard in the second hour. And as Dion has just come aboard with us, you guys have made this show, how about this, way more interesting. And But, but the people I'm referring to are the people that jump into the National Football Show's chat room. And I invite everybody. And by the way, you don't have to agree. And we're not going to scare you out of here. Because at the end of the day, we're going to toast the drink to each other and go like this. We'll see you tomorrow. That's what sports talk is. Unlike... Media talk where everybody's pissed off at one another. That's not what happens here. We talk about our favorite teams, our great passions, you know, our civic pride teams, whether it be the Eagles, the Patriots, what have you. Reg, appreciate you coming aboard, man. Thank you so much. Hold on, Reg. Reg wants me to pour him one. Just poured you one, Reg. Welcome aboard with us, dude. Hey, before we get started. And in a little bit of the breaking news that we have here, because we talked to Jay Glazer this morning, and we're going to try to get Jay on over the next couple days. But um, one, one, one thing is for sure, okay? One thing is for sure. There is a lot of news going around the NFL when it comes to Deshaun Watson, okay? David, thanks for coming aboard, brother. And we're going to start in the city of brotherly love here, as we always do. According to Jay Glazer, the Houston Texans have softened, and I put in quotes, softened on what the price tag would be for Deshaun Watson. Okay? And it looks like, according to Jay Glazer, that the Miami Dolphins are at the top of the list, but the Philadelphia Eagles are second on that list And I know it was public that Deshaun said he would never play in Philly. That's not the case. 
And of course, as we know, with fake news out there, unless you hear it from the horse's mouth, I, I would take everything that comes out of the Deshaun Watson camp or out of the Houston Texans camp with a grain of salt. Now the question is asked, listen, Jalen Hurts is a fine ball player. But with the Philadelphia Eagle fan base, accept a trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, he is a game-changing guy. And if you're going to compete with Dak Prescott, I think you've got to back the Brinks truck up. And I think you've got to offer the Houston Texans pretty much every single bit of asset that you have stored up if you're Howie Roseman and you're the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles to land that guy. Because for the next decade, Dak Prescott is going to own the NFC East. Jalen Hurts is never going to be that guy. Folks, come on. Let's get out of the wishful thinking. Remember what I told you guys, and I've been telling you guys for the last couple months? Philadelphia Eagle fan base is one of the greatest fan bases I've ever spoken to when it comes to talking football or sports, period. The knowledge and the passion, which is sometimes hard to, defend, to, to divide, okay? And it's very hard sometimes to divide that, but you guys do a great job of it. Because eventually you do this. You have a come-to-Jesus conversation with yourselves or your group, and you say, look, that guy's just not cutting it. He's just not the dude. He said that about Carson Wentz. Everybody, I'm sure, was on board with him. Everybody liked him. Probably I would say this to you, that half the fan base probably didn't really like the contract that Howie and the Eagles ended up giving Carson Wentz. They probably wanted to see a little more. And there was a probably uh, the other 50% that were saying this. Listen. This is our guy. Hey, at the end of the day, a lot of deals go sideways. We've seen that before in every single sport, no matter what it is, okay? So the Eagles got, they got the Carson Wentz deal wrong. They may end up, you want to hear this? They may end up getting it right because if the dealing of Carson Wentz to Indianapolis turns around and deals with a deal that could land Deshaun Watson at the end of the day, Carson Wentz was instrumental in landing one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL today. He's just sitting there in Houston right now, and he's basically an idol because of these cases that are pending out there, I guess potentially. I don't know. Kevin says that we see through more of the BS than most fan bases do. Yeah, because you know why? You don't tolerate shit when things go on. You're not going to sit there and go, yo, no, Ben Simmons is a great dude, and, you know, we really love the guy. Did you hear Simmons, too, today coming out saying he wants to be the guy? Dude, if you want to be the guy, you have to have a jump shot. Most people that are the guys, you know, Dennis Rodman was a great defender, but Dennis Rodman was never going to be the guy. And Ben Simmons is delusional. Dude, you got to make free throws, and you have to have a jump shot to be the guy. What are you, crazy? Yeah, man, I just want to be the guy. Where? Where, where, where? Where's that league? Australia? Where do you want to play, in Europe? I mean, honestly, where, where do you think you're going to be the guy when you don't have a jump shot? Guy's delusional. Everybody in Philly sees it, too. So let me throw this at you here. 
Will he accept the trade, Deshaun Watson, if it was in Philly? Let me, let me, let me say what the upside is for Deshaun Watson coming to Philly instead of going to the Miami Dolphins. Look, you know, he, he's got many relationships in South Florida. I'm talking to Deshaun Watson. And this is all according to Jay Glazer, too, by the way. Okay? I agree with you, Hungry Python. Shut up, dude. People of Philly hate you anyway. You know why they hate you? Because you didn't embrace the community. You know, you're not, you know, you know, you know those guys that put their bags down for the season and then leave and don't care? He's one of those dudes. A, a guy like Zach Ertz, who put roots down and wanted to be part of the Philly community, that's a guy you embrace because he loves playing there. You know what I'm saying? He loves playing there. All the people that put roots down and love being in Philadelphia because it's a tremendous sports market. It is. You know, I tell you guys this all the time, and I mean this 100%. You know how many limited, talented people that you've had actually in sports talk in that city? It boggles the mind that they could never be anything anywhere else. Never. But because it's a passionate city, anybody could do sports talk in that town. Because the fans roll. If they see something, they like something, or they can, like, identify. That's why they love Howard. Howard Eskin is great. He's one of the great ones. And you know why? Because Howard gave it back to you. But that town is so awesome when it comes to. I even, you know what? I even hate when I say Philly's a town because it's not. It's a gigantic city with gigantic egos about their favorite sports teams. I love people like that. And they'll go like this, silly old man, you're giving up on Jalen Hurts already? Yeah, I am, because if you're going to start dangling Deshaun Watson out in front of me, I'm going to go get the guy if I can. You know what I mean? David says, give first round Jalen Rieger, Travis Fulgham, and Derek Barnett. (laughs) I don't think that's going to cut it, my friend. Lady Carter. It's only been three games, and you're already dumping, jumping the ship? Yeah. The Eagle fan base is delusional. Lady Carter, you really believe, you think that that, in a nutshell, Jalen is the guy and the guy going forward? How about this? Jalen's a good quarterback. I don't have a problem saying that. He's a good quarterback. I've never said he wasn't. Is he Deshaun Watson? Absolutely not. Okay, absolutely not. No way is he Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a game-changing dude. <laughs> getting Kevin, hey David, like getting Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant for Ben Simmons. That's totally delusional, but I love the I love the comment. Yeah, man. I mean, so according to Jay Glazer. The Houston Texans are open for business now and Deshaun. Are the Eagles buying? You know Howie Roseman's on the horn. Okay, you know he's talking to Nick Casaria there in Houston. Nick, what's it going to cost? And remember something else. Where does, where does Nick come out of when it comes to the personnel tree? He comes out of the New England personnel tree. Nick's looking for draft choices. Let the guy develop. Wait a minute. 
Lady Carter, let me ask you this. Let the guy develop. It's This is the NFL. Let the guy develop or let, I mean, when you come to the NFL, you need to be pro quarterback ready. Or you're going to get eaten up in this league, man. So wait, you're named a starting quarterback. There's only 32 jobs in the world. That'd be like me hiring a new CEO for Amazon and going like this. Hey, man, you get three years or you get the full year to mess up and mess the company up, no matter what it is. You can mess the company up completely. Okay? No problems. Let's just mess it up. David, that's right. You got a whole team to develop. And you know what develops a team faster than anything else? A great QB. You want to get your wide receiving core going? Get a quarterback that's not as inaccurate as Jalen. Do you want to get your running game going? How about a guy whose completion percentage is one of the best in the NFL? You want to get your offensive line back intact where they look like they're one of the top five units? Put one of the top five quarterbacks back there in the pocket. That will develop your football team overnight, and you're going to be able to compete with the Dallas Cowboys because right now, Eagle fans, you're a decade away from competing against Dallas with Jalen Hurts as your starting quarterback. There's just I, – I think this is better. Hold on for a second. Yeah, well, Lady Carter, Jacksonville and the Jets are notoriously awful, and their history dictates that. Do you truly believe in your heart? Do you think that uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to win in Jacksonville and in New York? Give me a reference. Who, Mark Burnell 25 years ago? Blake Bortles two years? How about the Jets? The last time the Jets were relevant, Chad Pennington was on the team and they won the AFC East. In the year the Patriots still won 11 ball games when Brady was hurt. Come on, man. Let's think about context here. You're only going to give them three. This is Philadelphia. This is a football team and a football city that demands excellence all the time. There's a bar. That'd be like this. Look, you know, I'll tell you something, too. My fan base, the University of Miami, you know how delusional they are? They're talking about winning the like the Coastal Division in the ACC. I was like this. Let's win against Virginia this weekend. Talking about winning the Coastal after the way that they've underachieved this year, that's delusional. Let's win on Saturday versus UVA. UVA? Do you know what they do at UVA, University of Virginia? They make bombs. They make senators and presidents. They don't make football teams in Virginia. Like at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt ever beat you? They're like debate teams. And they make rockets, jets, and aerodynamic guys. (laughs) It's not a football factory, man. Getting beat by Virginia? It's like getting beat by John. It's like getting beat by, like, George Washington. George Washington coached the team across the Delaware, and he went over and beat Miami's ass. I believe it's a school of Thomas Jefferson. Kevin says Jalen is just not up to speed. 
And that's a great point. And I want to throw this at you here. What, okay, ready? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Smile says, 1-800-MASSAGE. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's a great point, though, man. Okay? The pieces around Jalen Hurts right now are not enough to help develop the kid. That's why this is going to take longer than expected. Okay, do you understand that now? That if, if How about this? If Jalen Hurts had parachuted somehow before Brady got to Tampa, there's more components around him, and there's more pieces around him to develop him. There's just, they need If they were going to truly hand the keys, and, hey, I think what's really happening here is that when Carson Wentz was playing here, not so easy just to pick up the pieces and be better, is it? Playing the position of quarterback is hard. And Jalen's showing you that. There's so many small nuances. And some would say, Seals, but he's a good player. I didn't say he wasn't a good player. There's just not enough good pieces around him. Hey, Bill, I said that yesterday. Trade for Foles, bring him in. I don't know what they're doing in Chicago. Oh, hey, and by the way, that whole mess in Chicago, let me ask you something here, guys. I'm messing around with a young player's mind. So what if Matt Nagy goes back to Andy Dalton or gives the keys to Nick Foles and they bench Justin Fields, who everybody was screaming for at the beginning of the year to be the starting quarterback for the Bears? And all of a sudden, you watch that kid last week, you were like this. And by the way, I don't think that's an indictment on the kid's career yet. I don't believe he's going to be a star in the NFL. Others do. You know, you know, Jody on Birds 360 told me that he goes like this. Hey, man, he goes, this kid's going to be great. Okay, well, I don't think so, but we'll see. Now, I'm not going to throw – I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to put that out there and go, well, because he played bad last week. That means the kid sucks. But can you imagine what that look will be like and what you're doing to that young kid if you bench him this weekend and they go with Andy Dalton or they go with Nick Foles? That screws up a young kid's mind, man. Then you start going like this to the fan base, and this fan base starts looking at their watch going, okay, well, guess what? Here's another kid. Could be another bus. Could be – you know what I'm saying? You start building momentum up where you're starting to build an uncomfortable environment for the kid where you're trying – I'm not saying that he has to be fragile in the mind. But you got to be careful with these guys yanking them in and out. You could do that to Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. You can't do that to Justin Fields just yet. You know what I mean? Kevin says that would screw up Justin Fields if he gets benched. Yeah, Birdman, he did sit a, a, an entire year. And there were people that were constantly saying, you got to put this kid in. And yet, Reed never really did until the end of the year where he started spot playing them. Okay? And Alex Smith knew the whole time what was going on. There was great communication. So once again, according to Jay Glazer of Fox, the asking price for Deshaun Watson has dropped. Dolphins, Eagles, you know what I would say to you? If you're the Carolina Panthers and you're Matt Rule and you're seeing what Sam Darnold is doing or – you're in Denver, and you're seeing what Teddy Bridgewater's doing. Both teams 3-0. and Do you still throw your name into the hat for Watson when you're seeing what's going on here? 
wouldn't you have second second thoughts, or would you just go, look, Darnold's really maybe Darnold's a piece to send to um to Houston. Maybe you send Sam Darnold to Houston and first round draft choices. I'll tell you what you could do in Miami, and this is why Miami, I still think, is the leader in the clubhouse on getting Watson. You could actually send Tua and Jacoby Brissett to Houston with draft choices and first-round picks for Watson. By the way, even though they say that they've backed up a little bit when it comes to what type of assets, draft picks that they would want, or players, I still think it's going to be a mighty price. A, th- a third and a fifth I'm in, you're not going anywhere with that. A third and a fifth, you couldn't get Zach Ertz for that. Asking price was a fifth rounders, five first rounders before the drama, I think. I thought it was three, smile. Three rushing plays for 60 yards and you don't run the ball. Least amount of running plays in the history of the birds. No way, Ken, really? Three rushing plays? Watson is on record saying that he doesn't. No, he's not. No, he is not. Bill, he has not done that. He is not on record. Okay? Somebody saying he's on record is not on record. I have yet to see him say, I'll never play in Philly. That is an absolute fake news comment. I looked it up, and I looked it, and I talked to Nick Casaria. Why, Bill, in a million years, would Deshaun Watson want to lower his market value by saying he won't play there? Well, if he doesn't play somewhere, he won't play anywhere this year. Okay? He, because he has the no-trade clause, that doesn't mean that the Texans are going to sit there and trade him to some place that doesn't have the assets that they want. Remember something. The Texans are going to get also what they want, and they're going to present it to him. Either that or he'll sit on his ass. Okay? Now, Bill's right there on that one. Hotter chicks in Miami. Okay? Oh. Okay, Bill, you swayed me. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's right, Carlos. He ain't turning down money. And by the way, man, they – I would, I would tell Deshaun Watson, they embraced Michael Vick. Dude, that had to be one of the toughest things for Eagle people to eat was when Vick was signed. You had a guy that the entire country hated, and yet you embraced him. And you know what? If you ever talk to Michael Vick, Michael Vick loves Philadelphia. And he says it all the time that his, one of his greatest times and he really learned how to be a quarterback was in Philadelphia. So uh, that hey, that was a that was a brutal look for the Eagle fans. Dude, Vic, everyone hates this guy and he murdered dogs. We're going to put that guy at Lincoln Financial in front of the entire fan base. What are you psycho? He still did it and it worked out. BC says Deshaun has no room to be making demands on any team. You're damn right. Not at this moment. Let's take a timeout because we're going to catch up with Jason Cole, our NFL insider. I'll ask him what he thinks of Watson going to the Eagles. The demands by the Texans have lowered. 
There's three teams out there. We'll get back to your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Football show, Dan Silio. Jason Cole right around the corner, our NFL insider. Hopefully, we're going to be able to catch up with Howard Eskin from WIP in hour number two also. Howard's real busy this time of the year, and he's so trying to find time for us. BC says Philly would embrace Watson, and we're talking to Sean Watson, but he's not ready to give up on Jalen Hurts just yet. Fair? But, dude, if you can upgrade a position, stop falling in love with players. That's the biggest cardinal sin of a fan base. That's why it's so hard to make these divorces 
when a veteran quarterback like Dan Marino or John Elway or any of these other guys leave, people want to hold on to nostalgia. They want to they want to hold on to the history of what that one guy did for your organization. Nobody's ever going to forget with a guy like Nick Foles or a guy like Tommy McDonald or a guy like Bill Berge or Jerome Brown or Reggie White. Nobody's going to forget any of that. But you have to make the tough cuts. That's what they've done in New England forever. Has made the tough cuts or tough decisions. Look at the decision. Here, let me show you guys something here on a quarterback. Okay? Robert says, Nick Sirianni admits that the Eagles need to run the ball more. Gee, what an epiphany. Hey, a hamster on a wheel would know that three times is not enough. Okay? Reggie divorced us. You know what, though, Carlos? Can I make a point to you? I don't think Reggie White would have ever left Philadelphia if Jerome Brown didn't die. I just don't think he would have ever left because Jerome would have never have left. They would have had a they, – they, seriously, they'd have had to throw him out because Jerome loved Philadelphia. And I believe to this day that – if Jerome Brown had been alive, there's no way he would have talked Reggie out of leaving. That was his best friend. He wasn't going to leave. When his best friend died, he felt he had basically very little connections, even though he used to do all those great prayer ceremonies at the vet and everybody would go to him because they loved the Reverend. I, I, I knew both guys pretty well. That's right. Norman Brayman. Because Norman Brayman wanted to sell the team, too. Remember that. And that's how, you know, he wanted to strip the team down, and he didn't want to give Reggie the $10 million. Carlos, that's, that, that, that and what Smile is saying about Norman Brayman. Because Norman, Norman's still alive, and I'm a dear friend of his. He owns a gigantic car, Cadillac dealership in South Florida. And Jerome and I were dear friends with Norman Brayman. Still, and like I said, I'm still friends with Norman. I knew that Norman Brayman was going to draft or try to draft Jerome Brown the year before you guys even took him. Norman wanted him. He lives in Miami. And he wanted him on that team in Philadelphia. I knew that. Okay, I, I knew that they were going to do And then I think they took Jerome ninth. I think it was ninth that year. They took him uh, in the draft. They took him in the top ten. I know that. So, the new story is that Deshaun Watson is on the list for three teams that seemingly are kicking a tire now. Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Broncos. Pretty much the same three that were in the offseason. And now the asking price, and by the way, as you move along here, look at the Dolphins now. There's no way they're sold on Tua. Okay? I don't know what you're thinking in Denver, though. Teddy's got that team playing pretty good football right now. They're 3-0. and And then you have Jalen. And like Lady Carter says, if you know the team isn't good enough, regardless of the quarterback, then why would Deshaun Watson want to come here? Even if he could make the team, make the Texans, a good team. He couldn't even make the Texans a good team last year. Their issues were, that's the point. Their defense was so atrocious last year, Lady Carter, 
he still put up historic numbers. He still put up historic numbers. He kept that team in every game. You're not under some like, like delusion that you think Jalen is in the conversation with that guy or that Jalen Hurts is going to turn into Russell Wilson. You're crazy. How about the Dolphins? You think they're kicking themselves in the ass for not drafting Justin Herbert? They traded up to get to a tug of Viola at five. And they passed on Justin Herbert. Do <laughs> you think they really are not looking down at this going like this? Damn. And, and, and like I was trying to tell you before, one of the things that you have to look at when it comes to upgrading, remember what the Arizona Cardinals did? Okay. He already said he didn't want to go to Philly. He did not. Where are you getting that from? Where are you getting that from? All right. Keep your thoughts coming. Let's go over to our friend Jason Cole. By the way, make sure you pick up Jason's book here on Amazon, A Relentless Life with John Elway. And by the way, Elway's Broncos are sitting at 3-0 and right now. And we'll get to those Broncos. Hell of a job that they're doing there. Vic Fangio is really... I think saving his career, and I think also, too, everybody's looking at Teddy Bridgewater and going, hey, I guess I told you so, because he is a fine quarterback. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know what, though? I saw what he did in New Orleans. I saw what he did. He was a pro bowler in Minneapolis. I don't know what happened with him and Matt Rule in Carolina, but this guy's been a winner everywhere he's gone. I mean, every time he stepped on the field, Jason, Teddy point. Bridgewater's proven people wrong. He's a good player. I'll get. I'll give him that. But he's not a franchise quarterback. No more than say Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins are. Right now, should he be getting paid more than he is? Should he have gotten a contract somewhere along the line? Yeah, depending on the situation. The problem was he got hurt in Minnesota. It went sideways, and the timing was bad for Teddy Bridgewater. He's a good quarterback. I'll. I'll give you that. But uh, look, they have a lot of weapons, and when they get Jerry Judy back. And you get Judy and Sutton and, you know, Fant. The second tight end's pretty good. The running backs are deep. The offensive line is way better than it was two years ago. Uh, you know, Elway took a while, but he laid the foundation for a decent offensive line. And now you see what George Payton is doing. You know, you got tools surrounding um, Bridgewater, to me, that make that a much better situation. So I think that helps. But – if you have a franchise quarterback sitting out there, you're not letting Teddy Bridgewater stay in the way. That leads me to this here, Jace. Um, according to Jay Glazer, it looks like the asking price from the Texans has come down. I'm not sure what that means, but the three teams that I've been mentioned have been the Dolphins, the Eagles, and those Broncos. Yeah. If you are the Eagles, do you make a play to try to get? Because you know this. You're Jalen Hurts is not enough to beat Dak Prescott. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, whoa, that's what you, you, a week ago you thought that Jalen Hurts was all that. I did. <laughs> I did. I, no, no, no. I no, no. This is what I thought. I still think he's a good quarterback. Okay. But after watching Dak, and after watching Josh Allen in the AFC East, that's why the Dolphins are trying to go after uh, Deshaun Watson. They know that Tua can't beat. Josh Allen on a consistent basis, and I know that Jalen, who's a fine quarterback, but he's not beating Dak. 
You need somebody to beat Dak Prescott, and that guy's in Houston. That's why, just like they upgraded in Arizona, why wouldn't you want to upgrade in Philly if he can? Well, I, look, I think you want to upgrade, period. You want Deshaun. Everybody wants Deshaun Watson, and they want him for a reason. Okay? He's a great player. There's no question about it. He's dynamic. Look, there are certain things he needs to fix about his game because he can't depend on being able to run like that for the rest of your career. Okay? But he has the arm. Like, he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. Right? So, yeah. I would – even though Lamar Jackson has done more in his career so far – in terms of playoffs and success and, you know, the MVP and all of those things, I'd still think Deshaun Watson's a superior player to Lamar Jackson, right? So any team in the league would be looking to try and get a guy like Lamar Jackson. There's no question about it. And the Dolphins are at the head of that line, certainly, and Philly's right there. And, and yes, Denver would certainly be thinking about it. So you want him. I'm not surprised that the asking price is coming down because nobody paid the asking price. Like you put out all his offers yeah. and you're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And here comes the reality. Number one, nobody paid. Number two, you have the headache in your office. And you didn't anticipate how big that headache was going to be and how much it was going to linger and hold, basically have a cloud above your organization all this time. You underestimated how big a pain that was. So instead of getting out from this fairly early when you could have or taking a good price on him, you've let it linger, and now it's distracting your organization. And I know that that's not good asset management, but they should have dealt with the asset management of this whole situation even before the headaches came out because he was on the block and he wanted out way back then before all the stuff with the massage therapy. January. Yeah. He didn't trust your organization then after you hired you know, David Culley. And I don't blame him because you promised him he was going to have a say in what happened. And then you went back on your promise. Why should he trust you at that point in time? Agreed 100%. Let's go over to the Giants in that same division. Is it time to blow that thing up with Gettleman and all these guys? I mean, Jason, I'm, where are they going with this? I'm, I'm still reserving judgment on Judge. Um. I think Jones and Gettleman, like, it's almost completely over, barring some. I mean, there's, I don't know that there's a reason to do it in week four, um, but you're not far away. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you, you lost to a terrible Falcons team, right? You're, you just, you know, like, part of that to me, this game was where I, where I thought, Judge, Judge, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know, like, this is where I started to blame it on Joe Judge. <laughs> There's a problem there, but I've I've already gotten past you know the Gettleman, Daniel Jones part of it, right? Like Daniel Jones had a nice little game against Washington. I think we're finding out that basically the NFC East, despite what some people were saying early in the season, that's the JV division, right? It really is. Still, yeah, it's the it's the JV squads in that division right now, with the exception of maybe Dallas, but even I'm not even convinced on them yet. So. Look, I, you know, the Giants, certainly the general manager, certainly the quarterback. Now I'm starting to think the, the coach too. Okay, let's go to the big matchup this weekend. And, um, you know, Brady versus Belichick. I know Seth Wickersham's book came out. And I don't, you know what? 
everything out of ESPN has always been anti-Brady and always anti-Patriots. It's always a negative story in some way. But you know what? You had 20 years of magic. You don't have to love your coach. You have to respect your coach. And why are we still talking about this dynamic? Is it because it's the, you know, the last time we're going to see Brady in a uniform at Gillette? I kind of get all of that, and I understand that it's great theater for everyone else. But the Boston media still talks to Belichick about how Brady got out of the building. When the same people were saying, it's time for Jimmy Garoppolo to take on. But but because Belichick is the guy who made the choice, and he has to live with that choice. Now, I think he is living with it. I know he is living with it, and, it's, and he's and he's realizing, you know, like maybe he he bought into his own press clippings a little bit too much. You think he's like, more overrated than what people think no, as a coach? I think that people put too much stock into what coaches actually do. Like, look. It, and this is why, like, I don't, I don't want to say anything. You know, like, I'm, I, I try not to make a knee-jerk reaction, like on Joe Judge. I'm not ready to say completely gone. I just have some big questions about him, right? Like, I think you have to give some coach some time, right? Yeah. Or figure it out. And I think that we rush coaches too much. You know, we're trying to hire like the next 33-year-old genius. Whereas, if you look at the last three years, who think of the last three coaches to win Super Bowls? It's the guys who were in their 60s: Andy Reid, Bruce Arians. Um, Bill Belichick, and why? Because they've been through every war and they know every situation. They've they they've made every tar- hard decision. They've gone over these kinds of things, and we we value the wrong things. I think we overvalue the ability of a coach to make that much difference. Look, this game is, and any game, any game, is eighty percent on the players. Are your players good enough? And once, if they're good enough, do you as a coach put them in the right situations enough of the time for them to take advantage of whether they're good enough or not? And Belichick is a genius at putting people in the right situation. And he wasn't necessarily wrong to part ways with Brady, but it's going to blow up in his face. It already has. Brady won a Super Bowl. He's you know on one of the best teams. Belichick is searching for an answer at quarterback. And we're starting to question, as much as we thought Mac Jones was really serious at the beginning at training camp and in week one and week two, we're starting to see, well, okay, maybe he has a lot more work than we think because he's only reading one side of the field because, you know, they don't have any weapons. There's a lot that goes into this. But at the end of the day, the coach only has so much say. Tom Brady is one of the, you know, three or four greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. One of the five or six greatest players in the history of the game, if you know, if not number one, depending on how you want to rank it. Bill Belichick is one of the three or four greatest coaches of all time. But Brady's far more important to that equation than Belichick. And I always look at it this way. This guy's had 20 years together. That's an amazing run. It was a truly amazing thing to watch. But people want to know why was there a breakup at the end. There's always a breakup. Absolutely. Those two guys – they just put the greatest dynasty of the NFL era um, on paper for all of us to dissect. And that's kind of what we're doing after the fact here. Let me ask you this question here of the undefeated teams that I'm going to name here. Who are you more surprised with the Raiders, the Broncos or Carolina? Well, Carolina's done against two rookie quarterbacks. So you got it. Fair enough. Yeah. That, that I would say the Raiders, because I thought, you know, the Baltimore game, um, you know, I didn't expect them to beat Baltimore in the first week of the season. 
Um, I certainly didn't expect them to beat Pittsburgh. And the Dolphins, I thought, was a pretty even match. And it was. I mean, it went to overtime. I mean, that, was, that game was about as close as you could imagine, right? So, yeah. I, and and those because they beat three pretty good quality teams, right? Like those are. I mean, I, I think Pittsburgh is going to have problems by the end of the season, but in week two at home with a healthy defense, that's a tough matchup for the Raiders, and they came out victorious. So I give them a lot of credit. And look, I I get I've been on John Gruden pretty hard here, you know, because I think he is, you know, for all the criticism that Jeff Fisher took for not winning a Super Bowl and living on that one Super Bowl year and all that kind of stuff for eight or 10 years of his career and just kind of getting by. I thought John Gruden is doing the exact same thing, you know, both in Tampa and the first couple of years here in Oakland, but he's done a really nice job so far this year. I don't expect it to hold up. I don't trust it, but you got to give credit where credit's due. Two last questions for you here, Jace. What's wrong with Kansas city? Um, Or is there anything wrong? Because again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Do I think the Broncos are going to win the division? That, to me, is a bigger question than whether or not I think that the Chiefs will turn this thing around because you got Patrick Mahomes in the room here. So are we just doing another knee-jerk thing here a little bit with the Chiefs, even with my comment? Well, I think there's a really high expectation, which built up on whether they had an incredibly great 2019 season, and they should have followed up that with a championship last year, but they got you know got guys got hurt. I don't think that they've played a complete game since week three of last season. In other words, minute one to minute 60, where it was like, this is really sharp football, right? What they do is they play well for about 15 to 20 minutes of every game and they blow out the game, which is, which is works. Don't get me wrong. But the more that you do that, the more overconfident you get the more you lose track of, no, 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 this is really hard to do. You can't just like say, okay, well, we'll turn it on when we want to. This league doesn't allow that. San Diego is a tough match for them. If you look at the last couple of years, San Diego has played them really well. It's a good, it's a good, you know, man on man matchup for them. Right. And San Diego pulled it out. But I will also say about Kansas city. Yes. I, they concern me. I mean, look, they're what, like 114 and one against the spread. And I'm not a big better. Okay. So I don't bet at all on, on pro football, but I follow it. And there is a belief. And I think that this is reflective of what they are, that they're, they're a much better team than they have, than they have performed over the last basically year. And so, yes, there's a problem with them with focus and concentration. And I want to see if Andy Reed can snap this team back to attention and get them going. Cause that's not generally Andy's best thing. Andy's very even keel and like, we're just going to play hard and play hard and play hard. And I don't think that he gets it, that you have to sometimes get the attention of your players the way that your greatest coach that you were involved in, Jimmy Johnson, could get your attention in a heartbeat if he had to. Finally here, um, Andy Reid circling back is going to be going back to the link and taking his Kansas City Chiefs against those Eagles. I want to throw a Hall of Fame question at you. Do you think Reed's put up a Hall of Fame resume for um, you guys to consider as a guy that would be somebody like maybe if I compared his his coaching record, I compare it to Mike Holmgren pretty, very favorably. I could see both of those guys being um, in the same conversation. If you think Mike Holmgren's a Hall of Fame coach, I, believe, I, believe, I would think you think Andy Reed's a Hall of Fame coach. No, I think Andy Reed's an all, is a Hall of Fame coach. I think he's done enough to change offenses. I think he's done enough work making quarterbacks better. 
over the course of his career being consistently competitive. Yeah. Did he miss some opportunities in his career? He's been to three Super Bowls and won one. Okay. I give him a lot of credit for that. You know, is it like Dan Reeves? Is it sometimes you say, well, is he more like Dan Reeves or is he more like, um, is he more, more like Mike Shanahan? I think he's a little bit more like Mike Shanahan, who I think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Or like, Vermeil. Vermeil, you know, again, the, we're, we're, it's really tough. I'm not saying no on Vermeil. I have to study Vermeil a little bit more, but you put Vermeil in front of me and I will study him. Yeah, I, I, I want to think about it long and hard. I really want to put a lot of effort into thinking about that one, but I lean more toward Andy Reid being a Hall of Famer than, say, some of these other guys. Um, and I think Mike Shanahan is a Hall of Fame coach, and I do think I think Mike Holmgren is too. Um, so I put him up with there. Vermeil is, like, on the fence. Reeves, to me, is a no. Is Arians a Hall of Famer? We'll see how I, you win two Super Bowls. See what happens. <laughs> and, and plus the other championship rings he won in Pittsburgh. He does have a few more as a coordinator there. Those will count on Bill's resume. They should count on Bruce's resume too, no? Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, look, I would love to sit in a room and discuss Bruce Arians' career. I can just tell you that because I'm very open to whether he is or isn't. Okay. And I don't, you know, like I don't have to decide right now. So sometimes I just say, yep. no. like, I, I'm not ready to make my final decision, but that's not because I'm saying no, it's because I'm thinking maybe yes. Yeah. You know? But you, you know what? Finally on that, on that thought though, Jace, mm -hmm. the one thing that I think that maybe just like you could with Dennis green or you could with Tony Dungy, they change coaching staffs to give opportunities for minorities with those particular coaches, whereas Bruce Arians had also diversity on his staff, but was also gender diversity on his staff. Oh, so, I mean, that's got to play into it as well. Oh, absolutely. Bruce has got a lot of that. I mean, look, like Tampa, Tampa Bay, you know, I mean, this helps. I mean, Bruce Arians is already a, a diverse guy who believes in diversity hiring both, you know, black, white, you know, male, female, he doesn't care. Right. Um, give him a lot of credit for that. Andy Reid gets some of that as get some of that as well, but even the Tampa Bay organization, never think about this. They All right. Hey, oh, Jace, thank you very much. We love you very much. We're going to take a brief time out. We'll get back to you. Keep it right here on the national football show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silio. We're hoping to catching up with Howard Eskin in hour two. Appreciate it, Jason Cole, our NFL insider, Hall of Fame voter, for coming aboard with us. Let me throw this topic question out at you. Who do you think fans of Philadelphia will give up more on first? Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to throw Howie Roseman into the conversation because I think everybody looks at Howie as the guy who has constructed this team over the last handful of years, and everyone would say that the general manager has to be on the hot seat with the owner. I think that's a given. Okay, so of those three guys, those three guys, to me, obviously, it's the GM that you have to start asking questions on. Okay, you know, you keep blaming Carson Wentz. You blamed Doug Peterson. You got rid of those guys. You got rid of the entire coaching staff. So what's next? The personnel that's on the football team? Hey, and by the way, your football team, if you want to really be critical of it, what are they, made of paper mache? These guys are constantly injured. I mean, you had 40% of your offensive line out going into the Dallas game on Monday night. Now you have a short work week. You're turning around and you got the defending AFC champion Chiefs coming in at Lincoln Financial. Are you ready? I sure hope so. And by the way, the play calling. Let's go here with the play calling. Three rushing attempts. Three rushing attempts. In my, like I said, in my 140 games of me playing high school, college, and professional football, I have never been in a game where a team rushed the ball for three times, three attempts. Three attempts? You think you're going to hold off a professional NFL team by running the ball only three times? Nobody in their right mind would even put a game plan together like that. And if you're an experienced quarterback, you come to the sidelines and you start saying we need more balance because play action's going nowhere. You want to know why the Eagles struggle in the red zone? Nobody, nobody respects your run game which means nobody respects the coach because the coach is not going to put plays in there to keep you honest. Even if you suck, 
running the ball. Run it anyway. Run it anyway. Because it shows that you're at least trying to play tough guy football. If you're sitting back and you're throwing the football 58 times and you're running the ball three, I don't care about those three attempts. If you get 10 yards on me, great. Congratulations. I'm going to pin my ears and go smash your quarterback. And I'm going to hit him as often as I can. Just because of your arrogance that you don't run the ball. How many times do you see football teams run the ball, they get 2.9 yards per carry, but at the end of the day, they're still doing it. Why? They have to keep you honest. Well, we're not succeeding. No, you don't quit on things. Let me keep throwing the ball and chucking it down the field. What does that do? If you're Nick Sirianni, what did you do against the Cowboys on Monday night? You turned Jalen Hurts into a one-dimensional football player, which he's a 57.6 completion percentage quarterback in the first place, which means what? He's not accurate right now. I saw somebody tell me he's 66%. He's 66%? Yeah, you know why? He's throwing from behind. And when you throw from behind, you put up bigger numbers. Personally, I think it's easier to put up numbers when you have a 4-12 and football team because you're constantly throwing from behind. You're down 30-17. to 17. Guy on the losing team throws for 350 yards. That's why I say the passing stat is the most overrated stat on the planet. However, if you have 250 yards rushing in your column, you're killing that team. Why is that? Field position, time of possession. You limit touches to the other sideline. The number one way to beat Dak Prescott and all these big-time quarterbacks, don't give them the amount of plays that they need. Those guys are around 70 plays. Here, you know what Dak did against the Eagles on Monday? And because the ineptness of the play calling and the game plan, the Cowboys had the ball 70 plays. The Eagles had the ball 53 plays. There's no way on the planet you're going to beat Dak Prescott and the Cowboys when you have, like, 20 less plays. You know what that is? That's three extra, four extra series. And and the 49ers went on two 90-yard drives against you. That's a way to beat the hell out of somebody. That's one hand tied behind your back and me going like this. I'm going to run the ball right here. And you know what it is? There's nothing you can do to stop me. That's the team I want. Throw the ball 50 times. Who freaking cares? When you got an O-line and you got a running attack like Derrick Henry in Tennessee, and Derrick Henry's starting to point out holes, I'm going to run right here. And by the way, I'm going to run over all five of you guys. That's the kind of football team I want to have. That's the kind of football team that lines up and goes, there's nothing you can do about this. But you got you got a football team that looks like a ballet routine, one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. You're not only killing the clock, but you're giving the other team possessions and you're saving time for them. Eagles had 12 rushing attempts, not three. I'm talking by the backs, dog. I don't want, I don't want my quarterback having nine. My quarterback. They know he's running. I'm talking three rushing attempts from your backs. Dude, don't tell me about stats. I know what's up.
that football team can't run the ball. And, and you know, these so-called backs that you think that you have, you don't. This kid Sanders, those guys are dudes. You know, you ever play chess and there's pawns that get out in front of the bishops and the queen and the rooks and the knights and all that? That's what the eagle running backs are. They're pawns. You think they're Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott? Absolutely not. Uh, completely. Black of America, you're dead on, man. You've got to get balance in that attack. And Sirianni coming out today saying we got to run the ball more? Well, that's some epiphany, dude. Would you wake up and someone tell you that? We got to run the ball more? What are you listening to talk shows? Man. Nobody, hey, nobody ever wants to have a talk show that the talk show host is smarter or more obvious than what needs to go on in a game. If we're pointing these little nuances out in the attack and in the game plan that the Eagles are putting down in front of their players, think of what the players are doing inside the locker room going like this. Jesus Christ, this ain't going to work. That's right. Hey, Black of America, that's a great point. Two linemen down, 40% of your offense out. And you're throwing the ball? You're going to get your guy killed. Good to get your guy killed. Hey, why didn't the uh, Eagles sign Richard Sherman? What, what, what? They need so much help in the secondary, it's ill. Why didn't they sign him? Oh, that's right. He's got a DUI pending. Get this. Watch this. Richard Sherman's got a DUI pending in D.C., and he's got that whatever that thing was in California when he got taken in by the cops. Guess what, though? The Bucks sign them. The Bucks had no issues with those deficiencies. Get this, DUI, that's a danger in the community. Potential spousal abuse. Bucks didn't care, they signed him. Jason Light, the GM, signed the guy. So don't tell me about Deshaun Watson and all these cases that are out there. The Bucks didn't care. I mean, right? Who cares? Sirianni or Jalen Hurts? Who's going to take the wrath of this thing? Say the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid roll into the link. And they blow the Eagles out the same way the Cowboys. And it's very, very capable of doing it to Kansas City. They've lost two games in a row. And I, I find it hard to believe that Kansas City is going to lose three in a row. I still think they are the cream of the AFC West. I don't buy into the Broncos or the Raiders just yet. But Kansas City, they've got that dude Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to be playing against that Eagles secondary. Hold on, that Eagles secondary. So Mahomes is going to roll in. Am I right? Mahomes is going to roll in and play that Eagle football team with that secondary, and you didn't even make a call to Richard Sherman? Now, Sherbert says he needs a week and a half to get himself back ready to go, and I don't even think he's playing this weekend versus the Patriots. But Jesus, man. And, 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 hey, and by the way, the defensive line, 
The defensive line, like, like Gary Cobb said yesterday, the, guy, the, the guys were catching, which got in the way of the linebackers. The linebackers had no scrape lanes. They were getting pushed off the ball five yards. Cowboys owned the Eagles as the game went on. Marcus says top five rushers. Henry, Chubb, Mixon, Montgomery, Carson, all five weigh over 220 pounds. Eagles need a bigger back. Marcus, dead on. Dead on. Or you need a tandem like they got in Dallas where you have a multi-back set. Black of America, I don't think Kansas City wideouts will have to play big. Our linebackers can't cover LBs. Can you imagine, Black of America, what you think Travis Kelsey's going to do to those Eagle linebackers this weekend? It'll be the biggest mismatch since we have watched Gronk destroy the Steelers in his entire career. Hungry Python says, why can't we have nice things? Wait a minute. I'm going to show you something here. See Hungry Python there? Xander, put that dude up. I'm going to show you a typical Philly fan. Hungry Python right there. Why can't we have nice things? Hungry Python, you've got a Vince Lombardi trophy from three years ago. And this is what I love about you guys. You want more. Those are called expectations. You think the Lions would like to have a Lombardi trophy in their showcase? You think the Arizona Cardinals would love to have one? Right? You think any of those teams would love to have that? Jacksonville Jaguars. Pick a team. Carolina Panthers. Think those teams would like to have one? Tennessee Titans. A.K.A. Houston Oilers. Come on, man. Let's have a little bit more of a come-to-Jesus conversation here about can we have nice things? You do have nice things. you got a Lombardi trophy in the room. Bengals, too. Browns, they really want one. Those are great fan bases. Well, maybe the Bengals. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll exclude that one. Browns have a great fan base. Browns are a lot like Chicago and Philly. Right? Cleveland and Chicago and Boston. Those three cities are phenomenal football pro city fan bases. Okay? That's right. Patrick Mahomes is going to roll it into the link. And, dude, if he throws for 500 yards, I won't be shocked. But, see, you know what the problem with KC is? They're not tackling people well. Who's their running back? I mean, really? Who's their running back? That's killed. I Here, you want to know something? I, I've said this. Ever since Kareem Hunt has not been on that roster, he's taken a lot away from that, from that Chiefs attack. I think he's taken a lot away from that. Oh, and, and by the way, I'm going to get into the Brady conversation here in a minute, too. And Mike Tomlin. Hey, Philly fans, would you like to have Mike Tomlin as your head football coach? Some of you are going like this. Dude, what are you talking about? Well, Mike Tomlin over his last couple uh, playoff appearances 
if I'm not mistaken, I think Mike Tomlin, what is he now, 6-9 and nine postseason? They have a losing year this year? Maybe Mike wants to change. Man, if I was Philadelphia, I'd grab that guy in 10 seconds. I wouldn't even let the press release get out. Mike, you want a job? Coach of Philadelphia Eagles. You got a current head coach. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, Priest Holmes and Jamal Charles, best backs Casey ever had. I love Christian Okoye, but you talk about dual backs. Those guys were those guys were good. Hell yeah, bring in the coach. Hey man, I love Tomlin. Tomlin's my favorite coach. Is he not the best in front of a microphone? He was asked a question on whether or not the Steelers made a mistake on bringing Big Ben back. And he goes like this. What's the one thing we never do? Oh, Larry Johnson was great, the kid from Penn State. He was great. You, you, you go like, nah, hey, I don't think the Steelers are going to be in for a coach swap. Sirianni and his T-shirts. For Mike Tomlin, I think it might take a couple more, uh, couple more items to get Mike Tomlin to go to the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, but Tomlin's like this. Nah, nah man, we're not going to overreact. We never overreact in Pittsburgh. He's never had a losing year in 15 years. This year may be different. I think their old line, they didn't address it enough. Okay? I, I, I don't think they addressed it enough. So, but Tomlin's like, no, man. But I do think ben Beg, Big Ben's toast. I look at him and I go like this. I, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I, I, I don't think so. So we shall see how this thing plays out here. Okay, Jason apologized too, by the way, because of the uh, phone crapping out. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Sean Alexander was a hell of a back. Bring in Seth Joyner as an LB coach, just Mike says. Hey, wait a minute, Mike. Let's bring in Seth Joyner to play linebacker again. He looks like he's in good enough shape. Right? All right. Here's, here, here's another point. It's got to get to a it's got to get to a situation inside the locker room for the Eagles where they start doing this. Where are the deficiencies on the football team right now? Is it coaching? I'm talking front office looking down. Is it coaching? Do they need a new GM? Who would be the guy that you think could be somebody that you would bring into this situation to evaluate the talent that's on this football team now and to see who could be a guy that could run this team with a different vision. Okay? Who could be that guy? What person would you bring in to evaluate would you bring John Dorsey in? I want to show you something about John Dorsey. And I know John doesn't have the best. Jimmy Johnson's a great, but coach is not going to be completely invested. Lewis Riddick's another one. 
I like the idea of Lewis Riddick. Martin Mayhew could be another guy too, Ewing. Okay, you could bring in a guy like Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew helped build that roster in San Francisco, and he's now currently, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think he's trying to help on the Lions front right now to try to uh, get, and I think they are getting a little bit better. But let me tell you about John Dorsey. John Dorsey, Lou, this guy was the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was also the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Takeem, Todd's just signed a three-year contract extension with the Buccaneers. He's going to be the next head football coach of the Bucs. Chuck Pagano, dear friend of mine, I like that. But here's why Dorsey. Dorsey has conflict sometimes with the head coach, the same way that Howie does. And that's why Andy Reid ended up blowing him out because he didn't want to have that same dynamic that he had in Philadelphia. So they got rid of, but get this, John Dorsey was in the room when they got Patrick Mahomes and they built the roster with Kelsey and all those guys. John Dorsey was in that conversation. John Dorsey then goes to Cleveland and he puts the majority of the major pieces like the Miles Garretts and all these other guys that were in that building, including Baker Mayfield, made the trade for Obadell Beckham Jr. Not that that's panned out, but Jarvis Landry is also on his resume. John's got an issue when it comes to, you know, coaches sometimes and the way he talks in the front office to people. And that's why he was blown out of both places. But, John, don't kid yourself. John Dorsey's a hell of a personnel guy. If you could stomach the behavior on how he deals with people and how blunt and direct he is, a lot of people don't like the truth. But John Dorsey is a builder of football rosters. John's not going to get in the way of the coaching also. Now, Lou just brought up um, Deuce Staley, right? As a potential head football coach for the uh, Eagles. Former player, right? Here, 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 here's and what I like about it is, is that he's done his time as a assistant coach in this league. So he understands the gypsy life that assistant coaches make. Plus, he's a former player. I'm a big fan of that too. And I am a big fan of former players being either in the front office or in the coaching staff. I'm a huge fan of that. Next, Eagle GM is already in the building, 28-year-old Julian Loria. Dude, I'm starting to think that the owner of the Eagles is starting to be like Jerry Jones 2.0 here. Man, I mean, really. Hoss, you got to, like, you know, nepotism. How many times have we seen that really pan out? Kyle Shanahan, you think he's Mike Shanahan? He did get to a Super Bowl. But I don't know how many times nepotism works where you're hiring your kid. Look how that worked out with Joe Paterno. <laughs> Jay Paterno, really? You think was ever really going to be the head football coach in Penn State? <laughs> right? Dorsey, Alonzo Highsmith would also be another guy. Works in the Seattle organization, was in the Packer organization for 15 years. And as I said, now he's in Seattle. And he's a evaluator of talent for them now. 
Um, he was up, by the way, for the director of football operations job with the Cleveland Browns after they made the whole front office change. And they went to Kevin Stefanski. Then they brought a whole new group in. And this new group is benefiting from what that old work was and all the guys that they brought in. So, you've, to me, this is about the people that – hey, and by the way, do I look at the Eagle roster and go, roster's just not good. I, I don't think so. I think it's a pretty decent roster. You just haven't figured out the quarterback spot yet. You just haven't figured it out. Bucks get Richard Sherman, even though he's got baggage. And nobody and hey, and nobody else goes after him. Right? Ewing 609 says something strange is going on during Sunday's game, and I had to make sure Dougie P wasn't on the side. <laughs> yeah, but Andy Reid's gonna be on the sideline. I, I asked Jason Cole. This question, and I'll ask you guys this question. Hey, wait a minute here. R. Anthony, how about this? Watch this. Staley is your coach. Seth as your linebackers coach, assistant head coach. Who would be my offensive coordinator? You think you'd get Byron Leftwich away from Tampa? You think you could get him away? I might even hire Ken Dorsey up in Buffalo, who's the quarterback coach for Josh Allen. Right? Who would be my defensive coordinator? Could I make Seth my DC? I'll tell you this, though. Raheem Morris is going to get an opportunity. The Rams defensive coordinator? Okay. What's this Josh McCown? Josh who? Trey Thomas, you guys are really going in the old Philly bandwagon there now, aren't you? Going into Philly uh, wheelbarrow there. Okay. Andy Reid, a Hall of Fame coach. I love Raheem. He and I have a really good history together. Hey, you know, Lou, who's Gainwell? Who's Jordan Howard? Who who are these guys? Listen, look at the names that Lou are throwing. Gainwell and who? Sanders. I mean, who are those guys? They're dudes, man. Those guys are not going to move the needle for you. You need, like somebody said earlier, a 220-pound back who you could give the ball to, and that dude run over. You know? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I just asked if Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame guy, and just Mike said, well, if you ever seen Andy Reid in that Rams gear when he was 12 years old, and he looked like he was Andre the Giant and the rest of those kids. Yeah, the rest of those guys were like little dudes, and there's big old ass Andy Reid. And he looked like Andre the Giant out there. He was in a Rams uniform too, right? 
I like Andy. I think Andy's a Hall of Fame coach. Does Henry have a brother, Kevin, man? He did. His name is uh, Najee Harris, but, boy, I mean, I hey, I hope Najee is not more Trent Richardson. And I hope he's more Derrick Henry because right now I ain't seeing it. They can't run the ball. And they can't do anything in the red zone right now. Todd Gurley is not an option. His knees are shot. And I think, hey, you want to know something else on him? I think his will is shot. Oh, speaking of, of John Dorsey as a potential GM for the Eagles, how about the guy that he selected, Miles Garrett? Guy's the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. That <laughs> guy, what do you have, four and a half sacks? That guy's some ball player, man. He, The guy that smashed the Steeler guy in the head with his helmet, all that's forgiven. It's the only – you imagine if somebody picked a baseball bat up, okay? You imagine if he picked a baseball bat up and hit somebody over the head with it? <laughs> oh, that guy may never play again. In the NFL, you take your helmet off, you can crack somebody in the head. And then you give him a raise, and now he's the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. I love it. Deion Najee had 14 catches last game, huh? Yeah, and they still got beat. Lou D, Lou D says, I disagree, though, Sills. I like Howard running it up the middle, and they aren't any running backs out there think that maybe trading a pick for someone that I don't see it out there that I would be willing to give up something. Okay, that's fair. Give him a chance. We gave Kotai a chance. <laughs> the greatness of Rich Kotai. Arguably the worst coach in Philadelphia Eagle history is Rich Kotai. This is what you never want to hear. Yourself being compared to Rich Kotai in any way. I hate the fact that my name ends in a vowel and so does his. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I hate that. Oh, we gave Rich Kotai a chance. How'd that work out? The guy's like the Ray Handley of the Giants, right? Ray Handley. That was the higher after Parcells. And you let Belichick go to Cleveland. They had Belichick in the building. Parcells quits. And he goes to Cleveland, and you hire Ray Handley. The foul, bro. <laughs> Let's get rid of Howie. This should have happened two years ago, dude. I've got three dudes for MVP. I wanted you guys to chime in and think whether or not these guys are legit candidates for the most valuable player. Let's take a look at this Kansas City 2021 team as they come into Lincoln Financial. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Big Sales, Dan Silio, National Football Show. By the way, we didn't mention... If you're new to the program or... You guys who come aboard with us each and every single day, please hit like, share the show too. We have other shows that we've done on the Jacob Media platform. We did the post-post game show on Monday night. So if you want to go back that far, you want to listen to Gary Cobb. By the way, Gary Cobb will be a feature with us each and every single Monday. So coming off the Kansas City game on Sunday, Cobb will join us every single Monday following a Philadelphia Eagle game. So our man from Fox 29 in Philadelphia will join us. And that's always a cool little you know, nugget there. We're still trying to see if we can run down Howard Eskin. Um, the remaining time that we have left here, hopefully we could try to run him down. He's really busy right now. And he said that he would try to find some time with us. All right. We'll get to your thoughts here in a second. And as I tell you guys all the time, anything that you guys bring up and you throw into the dynamic, because I've written down and I do each and every single day, but you guys kind of carried the show, okay? And I kind of like slip in my things. Like I, I, I tease going into this block, you know, MVP early, 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 who I see right now as your most valuable player in the NFL. I'm going to go three up. I got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson reminds me of the guy that stands out front of Lincoln Financial or MSG. And he's got a tambourine in his hand. He's got a drum in his hand. He's got a guitar in his hand. And he's got a harmonica in his hand. And he's a one-man band. There's nothing really on I me. Mean, can you name me wide receivers that are on that Ravens team? This guy's a one-man band. 
And I just think he is without a doubt one of the most gifted, talented people I've ever seen. I like that idea for T. Martin as OC. T and I are friends. T. Martin, a former Tennessee volunteer who's gone around the room in college and pros on being a, um offensive coordinator. I like T. Martin a lot. Marcus says, Bridgewater, Carr, Stafford, top three MVPs with Kyler Murray, four. Kyler Murray's having a great year. Carlos says, hell, let's hire T. Martin as OC. I, I love it. Lou D., I got you, Seals. Check it out. Boston Scott in second pick for Kareem Hunt. Get one of those. You think you think really Cleveland would get rid of one of those backs? I don't think so. They're not going to put the football in the hands of Baker Mayfield to win. They're just not. I highly doubt that they get rid of that dynamic duo they have in Cleveland. That's a good idea, though. Okay? That's a good idea. Hunt is a fabulous, and he's also a great pass catcher out of the backfield. You know what? The I thought the perfect fit for who's the guy in Tampa? Ugh. The kid from LSU, Leonard Fournette. I thought he would have made a great addition to the Eagles. I, you know, I was I was like, man, Leonard Fournette was out there, and the Bucks scooped him up. You know, two years ago, this guy had 1,100 yards, and I think he had 78 catches on a shitty team. He had big numbers in Jacksonville. You know? You know, hey Marcus, I think Peyton wants to be in that role somewhere. But I also think Peyton wants to be in an ownership role. Lou, I I, I thought Fournette would have been a great addition to the Eagles. You know what I mean? So here's my guy. I got Lamar Jackson at three. I got Derek Carr at two. He he's playing great football. Derek Carr and John Gruden are on the same page. It's crazy great. Okay, I mean, it's crazy great to see how these guys are performing. I got Matthew Stafford number one, man. He's made a big impression on everybody in the NFL with the Los Angeles Rams. He really has. I mean, the plus 25 plays, that's going to be a tough out for teams in the NFC in the playoffs. And plus, when you throw Aaron Donald and you got Jalen Ramsey back there, man, that's a good-looking football team. You got Raheem Morris on the defensive side of the football who's doing a great job playing fast. I think the two coordinators that have made the biggest impact have been Joe Brady in Carolina. Hey, by the way, Joe Brady is a NFL coaching candidate. This guy won the national championship as the offensive coordinator for Ed Ogeron in Baton Rouge with Joe Burrow. And now look what he's doing with Sam Darnold. I don't know, man. Joe Brady. He looks like a guy that could be a potential candidate. Raheem Morris is going to be in that conversation too. And, of course, the kid in Kansas City is going to be all those three guys. And I would think Doug Peterson's going to be a hot commodity. Guy won a Super Bowl. Don't think Doug's not going to get another job somewhere. Doug's either going to get a job like Southern Cal or Doug's going to get an opportunity, but he's going to pick his spot. He knows he needs a quarterback. Things went south on him because he didn't have the quarterback spot figured out after Wentz and 
you know, Frank Wright lost their connection. When they lost that connection, everything went south. Yeah, I like Brian's smile. I do. I do. Doug's going to be with the Giants? That's a good hire. Doug Peterson with the New York Giants? I might sign up for that all night. Yeah, well, Kevin, that was the issue because the Eagles wanted to pick the coaching staff. And when you go into New York, he's going to be able to pick his coaching staff. Jason Garrett, by the way, will be fired soon. Yeah, Marcus, I I remember when uh, T was at USC as the OC. Oh, no, Jason Garrett. No, I think Jason's getting fired. I think he's getting fired as the offensive coordinator because I I, I think – they were close to blowing him out. I think they were close to blowing him out uh, this week. That's what the word is in New York. I got Stafford, though, man. Stafford's playing great football. Yeah, I think Jason Garrett's going to get blown out soon. I do. I think they are, man. Hey, hey, let me, let's, let's put this out there. You ready? So Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago – one of the worst mayors in the history of America is now confronting something else, not just the people that are killed every weekend in Chicago. She's now with the fact that Chicago Bears just bought a piece of property in Arlington Heights. It's like an hour away from Soldier Field in downtown Chicago, right there on Lakeshore. Can you imagine moving? Can you imagine moving the Eagles out of Philly? And, hey, where would you move into? Pensalkin. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, that's New Jersey. Well, wait a minute. The Giants play in New Jersey. Right? The, the Giants play in Jersey. They call themselves the New York Giants. I don't know how that works. There's only one New York team, actually. It's the Bills. Can you imagine, though, man? Like the here, here, here the <laughs> Upper Bucks County. <laughs> oh. So Eagle fans would have to go to Upper Bucks County to go watch their team play instead of. The... <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. That mayor's house would be lit on fire. Can you imagine? Hey, you, you imagine the mayor of. Philadelphia, well, not that he's good because he sucks too. But can, hey, can you imagine though? Yeah, um, city of Philly, we have lost the Eagles, and now they're they're moving to Williamton so that it could be closer to Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden wants a football team in Delaware, so the Eagles are moving there. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Joe. What political party are you with? Whatever one you're in, I'm out. <laughs> Why is that? You can't lose the Eagles. Just like Mayor Lightfoot, man. She, hey, watch this. You know, crime's a big issue in Chicago. Front and center. Hey, hey what? this would be me. Mayor Lightfoot. This is Bob from Joliet. I went to Joliet Catholic. I'm a big Bears fan. I know crime's an issue on weekends, but at the end of the day, if you lose the Bears and it goes to Arlington Heights, 
you're fired. <laughs> hey, wait, crime on the weekend, right? Crime on the weekend, people being shot and killed. That's an issue for me, you know, because I'm a Chicagoan. And I don't want anything wrong with my city here. But if you lose the Bears, you're out. <laughs> you know how people get. They had a dumbass in San Diego by the name of Kevin Faulkner. Ran his ass out of town. He goes like this, listen, you know, the uh, Spanos has wanted a stadium. They wanted us to build it. That wasn't going to happen. Hey, later, Kevin. <laughs> and, now, and, of course, he ran for governor, and nobody even heard his name. I, I love when these politicians who have no chance, like Mayor de Blasio, throw their name into the, you know, into the hat as being a potential candidate, and everyone on the planet hates you. That's what de Blasio is. I'm going to run for president. No, you're not. <laughs> Dude, save your money. Save your money. Because everyone hates you. Yeah, everyone in Chicago is going like this. No matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, they're doing this now. You could lose the Bears. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa. What about the crime and, like, you know, sanctuary city stuff? And, oh, no. What, whoa, whoa, that first one. Oh, she may lose the Bears. This is true, too, by the way. The Bears bought a, they bought the racetrack from Churchill Downs Incorporated. They did that today. It was announced. The Bears are leaving Chicago unless something happens. <laughs> They're going to be playing. It's like a 48-minute drive with no traffic. The Blue Hens. Hey, the Philly, wait, the Delaware Blue Hens. That's the new name of the Eagles. Home of the hens. And Joe. Oh, and what's that guy's name? Corn Pop. Yeah, Corn Pop. <laughs> Corn Pop. You know the guy that Biden beat the hell out of? Supposedly. You know, there was a guy that hung around me. And he was a big old bad guy. His name was Corn Pop. I told Corn Pop, you act like that around me, man. I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. We're going we're gonna to throw hands. Corn Pop. I was like, okay, was Corn Pop there on that rally with you and Nelson Mandela? That never happened. <laughs> Corn Pop. That's a great name, though, isn't it? Joe pulled that name out of his tailbone, man. Corn Pop. Hey, you know, Corn Pop was a tough guy in Delaware. Delaware? This guy, tough guys? Marcus said that, hey, man, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago looks like Teddy Bridgewater. I never thought about it, man, but you know what? You may be onto something there. It was, yeah, I think Corn Pop, I think you're right, Mike. I think he's um, I think he's from Scranton. <laughs> he's from Scranton. Core pops from Scranton. <laughs> oh my God, that is so good. <laughs> oh my God, where where are the Eagles moving? Well, not, well, you know they're moving to Scranton. <laughs> what, what what's in Scranton? That's the home of Corn Pop. There's a big sign out front when you enter Scranton. You're now entering the home of Corn Pop. 
Joe Biden's guy, Corn Pop, was from Scranton. Yeah, oh no. I know the Eagles ain't moving to Poconos, man. That's that's reserved for Mayor Cuomo or Governor Cuomo. <laughs> the the Poconos are for him. And pretty soon Chris is gonna join his brother. <laughs> oh man. You guys see this new uh book that's out, this the Seth Wickersham book on Brady and Belichick's relationship. Good God almighty. What, what, a, what a, like, a, I don't know. You, do you know those Daniel Steele books back in the day? And I swear to God, I'm not going to turn my man card in. East Strauss. <laughs> oh, that's funny, too. East Strauss. Oh, man. Where's the Eagles moving? East Strasburg. <laughs> My God, they left that. They would like that. They would light that city on fire if they lost the Eagles, man. Chicago's like, what's going on here? So this Wickersham book, and everything out of New York is because, you know, and every, everything out of ESPN, they hate the Patriots. They hated Tom Brady. You know why? They never gave ESPN. Uh, the accessibility that they needed when it came to Brady and Belichick. So they write shitty books, do stupid stories on them. So Wickersham's coming up with all these released excerpts from a book. And Seth, I got respect for it. He follows me on Twitter. He does. And, you know, but it was like this. Brady found out that he was not coming back to the Patriots on a phone call from Belichick. That's not true from what I heard from Don Yee, his agent. <clears throat> That's not what I heard. The year previous, Brady had negotiated that his final year, he could become a free agent because he took less money. So that part of that dynamic, maybe he called him on the phone and didn't face him face-to-face when it became apparent that Tom was leaving and Tom was going to whatever team, either the Chargers or the Buccaneers, because those were the only two teams, actually, that put a play in for Tom. Okay? So Wickersham's assertion is is that he he didn't even call him into the office or anything. They didn't have a face-to-face. Who cares if their relationship was great? I mean – these guys, you see, this is the softness that I'm talking about. You don't have to like your coach. You don't have to go out and have beers. You know, you know, I heard a talk show host say today, they didn't even play golf. <laughs> they didn't even have a beer. They never even went out for a sandwich. So I see that guy every day of my life. Why do I have to go on social time with him? The majority of Tom Brady's 20 years spent in New England, 90% of it was with Belichick. Okay? Come on, Carl. You know anybody who says Eskin is ass, you know you love them then. The Ocean City Seagulls. No way. The Ocean City Eagles. <laughs> so this book that's out, here be, well, you know, they weren't friends. They just weren't friends. You know, here, here, here. 
let me let me let me let me let me play play the way that Seth Wickersham is basically portraying Tom Brady. Then watch this. Well, I didn't really have the best relationship with Bill. Look at how he's portraying Brady, and you know he never wanted my input, even though it led to six championships. Think of that for a minute. You're bitching at the method and not the result. So make sure you follow this. Yeah, he never really took my insight. Well, did he need it? You know, it, I, I found out also that, you know, I wasn't coming back to the team. You know, and they, they didn't want to pay me the money because I had been taking all these, you know, these pay cuts. And it just never was, you know, a really good relationship. Did you win six championships there? Oh, yeah. So did you go to, like, nine conference title games and win nine conference title games? Yeah. So wait a minute. In your 20 years of starting, or 19 starting, every other year that you were a New England Patriot, you won a conference championship with Bill Belichick in this so-called shitty relationship? <laughs> really? Well, that was a tough one to take. So every other year, Tom Brady was in New England. This horrible relationship resulted in them winning an AFC championship. Hey, that's some tough relationship. Can I get that? Can I get that crappy-ass relationship with a coach that takes me to nine conference titles and six Super Bowl championships? Boy, that's some bad relationship. Okay, the Knoxville Eagles were way over the rails on that one. All right. Let's take a look at this 2021 Kansas City Chiefs team as they roll into the link this weekend. We'll do it next. Keep it on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. 
At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, Dan Silio. Jared Bell from USA Today will be with us, Hall of Fame voter, tomorrow. And former Eagle John Booty will join us on Friday. Gary said that John's been watching the show and he wants to be part of it. And he said, Stills, you're really going to enjoy this guy. So I'm taking Gary Cobb's word at it. And we're going to drop him on the program, man. The Delaware Demolishers. Okay, so <laughs> you guys have taken this thing. Because the Bears are in conversation now of potentially moving the team out of Chicago into Arlington Heights. They just purchased the racetrack from Churchill Downs. They did it today as the announcement came out today. And... um. And, and, and now everybody in Chicago is going, the Bears are leaving? Right? <laughs> Think it is. The Bears are leaving? What about crime? And, uh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, smile. It's an hour from Chicago. It's like what the 49ers did to their fan base. They moved it to, um, like, Santa Clara. They moved that stadium instead of at the stick. They don't have the same atmosphere there any longer. Okay, they don't have the same. They they don't have the same fan base. It's in like the South Bay area now, south of like Oakland. Raiders completely look at what happened in Washington when they moved that football team out of downtown DC out of RFK. Okay, I mean it's not, never been the same. FedEx Field is not Redskin country. You know, you're out there in Potomac and all them places. Yeah, man, you moved that thing out into the suburbs, man. The Redskins were downtown D.C. at RFK. You should have fixed that thing up. That thing is a relic. I get it. But it wasn't so much. It's like a store. When you have great location, like it's, it's like with my football program, my college football program, the University of Miami. They're now in Winter Garden. That's not downtown Miami. That's not down in Little Havana like the stadium used to be. You know, Little Havana is a little north of Coral Gables. Kids could go up there and everybody in the Miami area, Overtown Liberty City, would go down to watch games in the Orange Bowl. And that's why that place was always packed. Now you got to travel. FedEx Field, right, Landover, Maryland. Really? You think that's really Redskin country? Hey, Thomas is right. It's the Burbs, man. Like, hey, you know what a really great stadium is besides Lincoln Financial? It is where the Ravens play. They're right there on the Inner Harbor. 
It's not really great parking, but get this. Everybody can kind of walk to the stadium. Ravens, I think, got a really good ballpark, man. I've been to it a boatload of times for Army-Navy like I have been for Lincoln Financial. If you see it on my Twitter page, you see the fact that Big Seals called and was at a couple Army-Navy games at Lincoln Financial. I got that in my little picture there with Lincoln Financial. Man, was it cold that day. It was about four feet of snow. <laughs> it's about four. No, 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 no. Ken, they're not going to get rid of Soldier Field. They're just going to get rid of the Bears. Soldier Field was not built for the Bears. I don't think people realize that. Do you know that the Chicago Bears did not play at Soldier Field on a consistent basis, on a year-to-year basis, until 1970? That's right. Landover, Maryland is Ravens territory. That's correct. Landover is actually Baltimore Orioles country. I mean, if you think about it, how could you put a Washington, D.C. team in an area where both the the, um, Orioles and the Ravens dominate. Downtown D.C., you kidding me? They love that Redskins team. Now they're the Washington team, obviously. Seals, I live in Baltimore right now. MNT is awesome. And there's a casino right next door. Oh, Lou, Lou, I thought my, my, um, my cousin lives in lives in Baltimore and I love that I, I I dude what they've done to the inner harbor Lou I mean all those great restaurants down there now right across from the convention dude it's dope I actually love what they've done in Philadelphia with the convention center too and you got the Marriott right across from the convention center that's traditionally where I stay is over at that Marriott when I'm in Philly and I'm broadcasting for Army Navy, you know, I, I go and stay at that Marriott, and you take that walkway across, and you take it down, and you go into the convention center in Philadelphia. place is really great. They got that mezzanine at the top. We broadcast up there in that mezzanine up there. It's really cool. Hey, Eagles for life, man. That's a great city. Do me, hey, really a great city. They got that place too, man. That Texas Day Grill or whatever it is, where they got everything on a skewer, Texas the Soul or whatever it's called. They got this restaurant in Philly that you can get all these like items like lamb chops and steaks and prime rib and shrimps. God, I can't think of the name of the place. Every time I'm there, I go there. Really really a great restaurant city. Very underrated, too, by the way. Very underrated. You freeze your baguettes off there, though. 2021 Chiefs. That's it, Thomas. It's just exactly like that. Yeah, everything's on a skewer. You know, some would say that I drink um, chicks drinks, though. My wife says it all the time. Cranberry vodka. Yeah, I know. Maybe, you know, not, you know, feeling good this particular time of the month or anything. So I have my cranberry vodka. Okay. Hey, <laughs> and, right. It's a great place to eat, man. You get in there, man. You just get loaded up and they take care of you. That's a great place. And and USAA usually does it too. Texas day, Brazil. That's it, Dion. That's the place. 
I forget what street it's on. But it's a great place in Philly. Oh, man, what a great restaurant that is. Yeah. Through transmission fun. <laughs> now, hey, wait a minute, Mike. That's only when I was in college that I would do the transmission funnel on a six-pack of beers. You know? <laughs> Watch Philly win this week. I, yeah, you think really Patrick Mahomes is going to roll into the link and he's going to lay down three straight losses? I'll tell you what, that would be the story of the first four games of the year. Arlington Thoroughbreds. No way, man. You could you, you never. Arlington Thoroughbreds. Watch this. The Arlington Bears. Sure. <laughs> if you could change the name of the Washington Redskins, I guess you could change the name of the Bears. Wow. So the Bears and the Redskins would change their name to the Washington team and the Arlington Bears. <sighs> hey, yeah, we just call like this to the Eagles. Let's see here. Mm. Yeah, the Scranton Eagles. I actually think there was a Scranton Eagles back in the 40s. I think there was, man. Back in the 40s, I think it was I think it was called the Steagles. Because they they went to war in Pittsburgh and the Eagles I think they they combined the teams or something like that in both teams. They they put their put football teams together so they could feel the team. Something like that. Anyway, so the 2021 Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to talk more about them as we get into the week. But um, I would say this to you. It's clearly not the same team. I said this last Friday to you. I said that they're not playing good defense right now. But then again, the Eagles come off a football game where they could not run the ball. They had 12 first downs against Dallas. The Eagles made the Dallas Cowboys look like doomsday. Kansas City, in my opinion, I think they've got a better – look, Dak's good, but Dak is not better than Patrick Mahomes. I think – when you look at Travis Kelsey, is there a better tight end in the NFL? Maybe Rob Gronkowski. Maybe Kittle in San Francisco. Okay. Plus, you have Hill on the perimeter. So you have a guy that could take the top of your defense off. You have a guy that threatens the scene. The only thing you don't have, really, is a running game. And you're not playing good on defense. This is who they are right now. And they're having too many turnovers. So one thing that they're, they're struggling with right now is the fact that they, they right now are in a position where they're just not protecting the football. they got to protect the football. I mean, you lost to the Chargers. If Jordan Mulata turns to an all-pro for a few years, how much do you want to bet there's a Netflix movie made about him? Uh, the guy's a rugby guy, and he turns him just like there's a movie made on Kurt Warner. But here, KC is going to always be well-coached. They've got great position coaches, and they've got a great head football coach. I think Kansas City's going to come into this game, especially with that secondary that the Eagles have. I mean, come on, man. Let's put common sense together here. You're going to have to create a massive pass rush. I'm not even sure of the health of Fletcher Cox going into this week. Okay? I'm not even sure, you know, what his health is going to be. Hargrave's going to have to really play even better. 
you're going to have to create some type of pass rush to get that guy on the ground or to threaten that guy and to throw in the ball deep. And remember something about Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is a guy that, okay, Mahomes is a dude that when you look at, okay, a lead on him, say you have a 28-point lead on him, he's still a dude that's still going to come from behind and no lead is safe with him. It's kind of who he is, man, right? No lead is safe. So, all right. Hey, listen, guys, you've been great. Listen, I apologize about Howard asking. Howard said that he's been running around, and he's going to try to find some time with us here this week. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate everybody. By the way, do me a favor, too. Please like the show and share the show. You guys are always awesome on that. And if you missed any of it, go over to the Jacob Media channel and like it, share it, watch it a little bit later on. We really appreciate it. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. See you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.